You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Catholic Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I wanted to say sunny, but we're... Right, it's not sunny. It's going to be chilly day. Yeah, yeah, we're finally going to get back to winter. I know. Which is all right. We were... We've been spoiled. We've been really spoiled. Yeah, we've been really spoiled. So we've had great conversations already this morning. Started with Renee Kranz and then uh, Father Paul Rutten shared a little bit about today's readings. So if you've missed anything, you can always go back. We'll put them up as podcasts later today. You can check them out on realpresenceradio.com. Or you can also download our app where you can access them anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you missed Rutten Radio last week... Yep. You can always pull it you up on there, too. Yep. So, how is Rutten Radio going? It's, it's always the same. I always love to ask you. I have hope. <laughs> I, always, I, have hope. I hope that they're going to be different, <laughs> and then they're not. <laughs> the twins. The twins. They just, yep. We're getting a little different. They they have finally <clears throat> accepted that maybe maybe I should go first, uh, because I actually have something <laughs> that's written and it's planned out. Because usually they just talk and then they Otherwise get done. Otherwise you end up in a, a rabbit hole way over right. there. Right. Well, yeah. And then they get done. They're like, oh my gosh, you had really good material that we never used. I'm like, yep. Yeah. I know. I'm the wise one. Forget. So, and I always have it planned out long because I have to think about it. And so it, it like, so we're going to do with honors for the next month. With honors. Do you remember that one? That no. was like, I think a nineties. Brendan Fraser, Joe Pesci. He's a student at Harvard and he's writing his honors thesis. And Joe Pesci's a homeless man. I don't remember. Oh, that. Yeah. I don't know if I saw it's that. It's really good. Well, yep. that'll be good. So uh, you guys wrapped up Lord of the Rings. And then did Elf. Oh, <laughs> did Elf last? Yes. Yeah. So we did Elf, little... And my brother John... Did uh, you hear that? My brother John actually made, made a connection in a movie that we didn't. There's like a Lord of the Rings connection uh, with uh, Central Park Police and Elf. And the way they like show them dark and cast out, just like in Lord of the Rings. Really? And he caught it. We missed it. Because, you know, he missed many, many obvious <laughs> things in movies. And he found that one. And he got that one. So That's funny. We give him credit. All right. Well, Father Darren Schmidt has joined us. Good morning, Father Darren. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Very Thank you well. for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be on. <laughs> uh, so today, I I had read somewhere that you had written something about uh, diving into the Gospel of Mark. Where did I see that? Oh, I'm not sure. Someone had said they saw it on my blog, so I'd post my ah. uh, bulletin articles online, and oh. so people can see those. But so yeah, it's just something I wrote about in the bulletin recently because this uh, year of the Sunday lectionary especially focuses on the gospel according to Mark uh, Mm -hmm. which we've just started in this advent but um, of course Mark being the shortest there are also several Sundays where we get parts of John's gospel as well Mm -hmm. to sort of fill in and because John doesn't get his own year, but it's mostly in the Easter season and 
right. other parts. So, Father Schmidt, tell uh, listeners a little bit about where you're at. Usually we have you when we're up in Ipswich with Father Tim Smith, because you're up in that area. So tell us uh, sure. where you're the pastor of. I'm the pastor of uh, Holven, St. Anthony's in Holven. A lot of people have visited uh, that parish and the church. It's sort of uh, a misnomer, but uh, called the Cathedral on the Prairie. Of course, the cathedral is for the bishop's chair, which is in Sioux Falls, and not just any big, nice church, but it is a beautiful church and a place of pilgrimage uh, for many uh, that stop by. And, and then uh, St. Augustine's in Baudel, and uh, Baudel was just in the news, interestingly enough, but we had a 3.2 magnitude earthquake. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Seven miles north-northwest of Baudel. So. Did you feel it? I was in Hoven at the oh, time. Okay. It happened around midnight. I didn't okay. feel anything in Hoven, so. Uh, but I have heard from others that were closer to it that their house shook. They thought a branch or something had fallen on it, and <laughs> yeah. so it gave them a scare. But really, yeah. haven't heard about any damage. Hmm. Uh, Earthquakes. Weird. But it's 2020, so just about anything <laughs> could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready. Wow. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, the Gospel, Mark. What are some of the main features of this Gospel this year? Well, as I already mentioned, it's the shortest Gospel. That's one of one of the things I mentioned in the bulletin article. I think I found one sort of paperback copy of it, 64 pages. So it's one that uh, you could actually just sit down and read all the way through it and not a long time um, so the brevity is is one of the one of the main features but it's um, a little bit about the author uh, John Mark as he's called also in the Acts of the Apostles was a, a companion he's a cousin to St. Barnabas who was obviously uh, companion of St. Paul on his first missionary journey, uh, and Mark accompanied them uh, for part of that. And then uh, so he's, uh, and then, uh, oh, then later on, there are church fathers that will also refer to him as the secretary to St. Peter. And so hmm. um, one of the other features of the gospel is that we think he wrote it in Rome, uh, which is different than the other Gospels which were uh, committed to writing, most likely around Antioch or uh, maybe Alexandria uh, or Ephesus for the Gospel of John, all cities in the east, but uh, Marx was written in Rome, in sort of the west, hmm. uh, and the capital of the known world, the empire at the time. And so one of the theories, too, is that uh, one of the reasons he wanted to write these things down was that he actually witnessed uh, the deaths, the martyrdoms of St. Peter and St. Paul. And so seeing the two great apostles uh, put to death and 
became more of a sense of, well, we better <laughs> write these things down for posterity so that um, right. as the ones who first proclaimed the gospel are uh, meeting their end, uh, that this can be carried on. Uh, but yeah, they think a lot of it is from St. Peter's own preaching of the gospel, but then obviously um, Mark would have met and worked with St. Paul as well and Barnabas and some of the others. Uh, and there are theories, too, that, that he's he was actually witness to some of the gospel events himself. Um, but uh, other other features are just like I said, the brevity, but the urgency, and uh, a lot of it doesn't come into our own translations, but uh, a lot of the sentences and and the sort of the as he's going through, he'll say and and immediately and and those sorts of things to introduce uh, each each part, and then you don't get longer discourses like you would let's see in. Matthew's Gospel. So like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's Gospel takes up three chapters, mm-hmm. so from Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. Uh, Mark just doesn't have longer discourses like that, so it's much more sort of action-packed, and uh, it keeps moving. And then uh, <clears throat> just the the healings of Jesus, the exorcisms, casting out demons, uh, those are prominent features. And then the other one is probably the what's called by scholars the Messianic secret. And so um, it's clear that, that Jesus made efforts uh, to, to tell those that he healed to and demons that often would say, uh, what have you to do with us? We know who you are, the Son of God. Jesus made efforts to silence them, and and so those that he healed, he said, don't tell anybody about this. Now there are some exceptions to that, uh, like the the demoniac, the demon-possessed man that he, he healed, in foreign territory, so across the Sea of Galilee, among more Gentiles instead of Jews, he actually tells that man uh, to to go even into the five cities, the Decapolis, uh, to, uh, or is that, ten? Anyway, ten cities, but yeah. to go throughout the region and, and tell everyone what what Jesus had done for him. Um, instead of allowing him to to come back to Jewish territory with him, and so a lot of theories around why Jesus did that is so that people would not misunderstand his own mission uh, until he had finished uh, with the crucifixion and the resurrection, so not to misunderstand what sort of king uh, he actually was not to try to make him uh, someone to overthrow the Romans or or something more political like that. 
Very good. So today we're talking about the Gospel of Mark with Father Darren Schmidt, and it's um, starting a new um, liturgical year with the church. We're starting to see more of the Gospel of Mark show up in our readings and Gospel readings. So we're just talking with Father Darren Schmidt and some of the... um, things that are different about the Gospel of Mark. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have more with Father Darren. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow! We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking with Father Darren Schmidt. We're diving into the Gospel of Mark and really interesting... um, I love being able to see the point of view that Mark had while writing this gospel. And um, we're just talking about, or I'm not talking about it at all, but Father (laughs) Schmidt is, (laughs) about, you know, uh, why he wrote it and what angle he was coming at. So what do you think his overall goal for the gospel of Mark was? Well, I think just to... uh, The other... I mean, the first words of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, is to 
to give us insight into that, to help others uh, to be able to see that of who Jesus was and to encounter him uh, and come to faith in him. The other thing about just the word gospel <clears throat> at the time and Mark writing, sort of in the heart of the empire of Rome, uh, the word gospel, or, or in Greek, evangelion, good news, this is actually a, a specific term that that Caesars would use to proclaim news of, of great victory and military that they had accomplished. And so for even for Mark to use, and for St. Paul and, and uh, the other apostles, to use the term gospel for this good news of Jesus Christ was sort of a... Um, not a mocking, but but uh, but it kind of relativizes the sort of military victories and and other things of, that the Caesars accomplished. But here they're saying, no, this is the Son of God who came and conquered death for everyone, and so a, a victory on a whole different scale than anything just. Uh, of this world um, and so I think that's the main goal of, of Mark is for for him to be able to communicate that to us to to allow more people to uh, to see and to to rejoice uh, with those first Christians over this great victory that that Christ had won well, I think it's interesting, too. Do you think um, at that time, because they were not together, you know, we think about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they probably weren't all in the same location. So do you think they knew each other was writing the different Gospels? Well, they did communicate fairly well by letter. Now, something as long as a gospel, I'm not sure how easy that would be to pass along, but we know they did um, make copies fairly quickly and send them to the other churches. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot of those questions uh, I'm not, and they become more speculative just because... I mean, the evidence admits of of different theories as to what the timeline or or what which gospel influenced other ones. Um, but it seems that well, at least Luke tells us that he is aware of of other gospels right. being written or that had been written. Um, he says many others have attempted to to set mm. down in writing uh, these events, and he sort of gives his own historical uh, purpose as well. But it's at least there's not internal evidence uh, with, with the other gospels as to which came first, or uh, or scholars debate about the evidence that they think is evidence, but not like Luke, who's telling us he knows about these other Gospels. Um, 
but even he doesn't mention them by name or give us specifics. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously there are parallels and, and uh, sort of shared material between what's, uh, if you're not aware of the, the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are often called the synoptic Gospels and referred to together. Uh, and then John's Gospel referred separately. So synoptic just means from the Greek with one eye. So because Matthew, Mark, and Luke share so much of the same material and basically the overall narrative and timeline for different events, they're uh, grouped together and, and called the Synoptic Gospels. So there, there is obviously a relationship between them, but it's kind of been a long, complicated debate among scholars of what exactly the nature of that relationship is. Interesting. So in the book of Mark, um, there's a certain part of Jesus's ministry that he tends to focus on. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, uh, yeah, it's probably the exorcisms. And even to keep in mind, too, with the different healings and physical healings that, that Jesus performed, a lot of those too would have been viewed by the people at the time as uh, a sort of exorcism as well, and seeing that they believed even physical illness, physical ailments were a result of sin or influence of unclean spirits. Uh, and so uh, that's probably the main main ministry that that Saint Mark focuses on and it goes back to um, yeah the main mission of, of Jesus himself in uh, taking on human flesh and, and coming to save us is to this is I think from John's gospel that or from one of John's letters that the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil um, and even as I mentioned, his victory over sin and death, well, that too is not unrelated to uh, the deception of of Satan in the Garden of Eden, um, that they disobeyed God in the beginning, and that's when death entered the world through sin and disobedience. And so a lot of it, and of course, each of the Synoptic Gospels has some account of the temptations of Jesus in the desert. I think Mark doesn't have the sort of three temptations that are laid out by uh, Matthew and Luke, so that's one difference. But it's clear from the beginning, as soon as Jesus is baptized, he goes into the desert uh, to begin his mission, and part of that is to combat Satan, uh, to go to war with the evil spirits. Um, and that's what he does in the desert. And so that's one of his first actions as he's starting. 
So as we continue on through uh, this new year, what would you recommend when we're listening to the gospel, and it happens to be from the Gospel of Mark? Any insights on what we should be paying attention to when we're listening? Uh, I don't know. This is more of a personal thing, but mm-hmm. um, one thing I did, talking about reading the gospel in in a short time or in one sort of one or two sittings, um, there are different things that you notice. And <clears throat> this is just one time that I went through it. And what struck me that time anyway uh, was just how many of the people that came to Jesus, and I think maybe it was clear in, in Mark's gospel, uh, but you have people that they throw themselves down on their knees, they, and they're begging Jesus, please heal my daughter, or whatever the circumstance was. But it was just uh, striking to me the sort of uh, energy and even desperation, but it's clear that the people that were asking Jesus for healing or for other things, uh, many of them, like the the woman that had <clears throat> hemorrhages for 12 years or whatever, it says she exhausted her savings or whatever else on physicians and trying to seek other solutions. I mean, a lot of these people, this is sort of their uh, last uh, resort or they had already tried so many other things and now they're coming to Jesus who's like their final hope and I think for me that just uh, kind of made me ask the question well how often do I actually come to prayer uh, with that same sort of energy with that same Mm -hmm. sort of uh, real faith and 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 uh, I don't know Mm. uh, even to that image of them being on their knees, throwing themselves down in front of Jesus, uh, or reaching out to touch his garment, to these different physical acts, too. Like, how could I pray more, uh, even with my body? And, and a lot of times it's not something we think about, uh, but huh. do we? it should be part of how we pray, and, and uh, it can... We're body and soul uh, creatures, and so uh, we need to to use every everything that's at our disposal to help us in the spiritual life. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's one of the things I noticed is just how people prayed at the time. Interesting. Well, Father Darren Schmidt, that's all the time we have this morning. Thank you for joining us and talking about the Gospel of Mark. Sure. A joy to have you, and uh, blessings on your Advent. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Well, that's interesting. Lots to think about. Yes, yes, yes. Lots to think about how we physically pray. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, it. you know, and that's one of the things I think people notice about us as Catholics, right? When we come up to church, down. up, down, up, down, up, down, as Catholic calisthenics. Like, well, we, but it all means something. Right, it all means something. And, and our bodies do matter, and how we are positioned mm-hmm. does make a difference. Yeah.
Very cool. Well, folks, we are going to take another quick break, and when we come back, Bishop John Folda from the Diocese of Fargo will be on the line with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live in just a minute. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 